Hello, Saints. Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. Uh, And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing uh, happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. You know, saints, I just did a message on the witchcraft of the self-appointed intercessors. Uh, We must be aware of them. They are mainly operating amidst the NAR movement cult, the New Apostolic Reformation cult, and many of the Word of Faith uh, movements, uh, you know, workings and stuff, and people involved in those two movements, uh, nothing but a bunch of witchcraft. Beware of these people that call themselves intercessors. Uh, God didn't appoint any person under the New Testament to be an intercessor. We see no such calling. Now, every believer can intercede by taking a prayer request to the Father for another believer in the name of Jesus, but that's all anchored in Christ and in the blood he shed that now speaks for us in heaven, the book of Hebrews, and that's the only way we have access to the Father is through the name and the blood of Jesus Christ to his throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need and help all or cause all our prayers to be answered. Jesus said, ask if whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. Uh, John 14, 13 and 14. And also uh, pray to the father in the name of Jesus. He taught that protocol 16, 23 and 24 of the book of John. And that's so important saints because Jesus Christ We're complete in Him. He is our salvation. And all the way through our Christian lives, we're going to have the test of being displaced from being anchored in Christ, from being anchored in His Word, and from being one with Him, the Father, and the body of Christ, as Jesus prayed in John 17. We're not to be ignorant of the devil's devices, the Scripture says, and What we're going to see, I think, here in this message, as we talk about the great shepherd of the sheep, Jesus Christ, uh, Hebrews 13, 20, is that the devil is uh, working at every level. He's walking about seeking whom he may devour. And the way he does that, that's 1 Peter 5, 8, by the way, is to manipulate you, to displace you from your place in Christ, Colossians chapter 2 is a great place uh, uh, for you to study, friend, to get uh, the to see how we are uh, to be uh, grounded, ever more grounded in Christ, verse 6 and 7. And it's Satan who seeks to seduce us away from Christ, verse 4, and that 
uh, verse 8, it says, Beware lest any man spoil or ruin you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments or the thinking of the world, and not after Christ, for you are complete in him. Everything in the kingdom of Christ is about King Jesus. Amen. And anytime somebody tries to, and, and the way we find out about him and are anchored in him is we worship him in spirit and in truth. We worship him from our hearts and we worship him in truth. That's the word. Jesus said that uh, for 23 and 24 of the book of John. And then later in that book, 1717, Jesus is praying to the father. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And so Satan is always going to try to displace you from now until you're with your king in heaven, the great bridegroom of glory, Jesus Christ. He's going to seek. He wouldn't be the devil if he wasn't seeking to do this. Okay. That's his description, job description. (laughs) Okay. So, and he does walk about seeking whom he may devour as a roaring lion. And we're not to be ignorant of his devices, second Corinthians to 11. So beware of the manipulation, the seduction. Paul spoke Colossians 2, 4 about those who would seduce you. See, Satan is behind, behind all these things. And the good news is that the great shepherd of his sheep is going to protect the sheep as long as they continue to hear his voice and follow him. Okay. Every one of us has been misled somewhere and to some degree in the past. Uh, I know these intercessors used to mislead me when I was a young believer. And what's going on there? These are witches, okay? Literally, let me just say it, literally witches, okay? They're operating under the control of Satan to seduce you into this relationship where you begin to look to them. It's all an agenda, folks. Make no mistake. Satan, as we're going to read in a minute in John 10, has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy, okay? So like any cult-type manipulation and control, these self-appointed intercessors wield their witchcraft over their prey, uh, P-R-E-Y, by constantly having a word for them, a dream for them, a vision for them. Okay, that's how they operate. And what they do is, by by doing these things, they're, they're intimating and conveying that they hear from God. Not you. Oh, no. You need them they hear from God. Huge tool of manipulation, saints. Beware. Beware. Okay, Jesus said his sheep hear his his voice. That means his individual sheep. He didn't say my herd, my flock hears my voice. He said my sheep hear my voice. See, Jesus leads each sheep, individual sheep, in his relationship with them, and that sheep is never to allow anyone else to come between them and Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. There's only one God, and there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. Hallelujah. And so this must be guarded at, at, no, at, at any expense. This is your life in Christ, and you're to uh, you know, lay hold on eternal life. You're to be diligent. Uh, make your calling and election sure, Second uh, Peter one ten, I believe that is, and you're to uh, seek the face of the Lord. You're in, you're to endure to the end. You're to continue in the faith. On and on. You're to fight the good fight of faith. To maintain 
it it, it does involve your participation contrary to the <laughs> the deceivers out there the once saved always saved and calvinistic heretics god requires that you participate in a relationship with him and, and if that's some big revelation that rocks your boat you've been misled man what kind of relationship doesn't have the participation of both parties? I mean, this is laughable. Jesus taught of the, the ten virgins likened to the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of heaven likened to the ten virgins. Okay? The ones that maintained and developed, okay, and established and stayed in a relationship with the, bright, the great bridegroom were welcomed, welcomed into, you know, my good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. They were welcomed into the eternal bridal chamber. That's how it's going to be. Uh, Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Those who chose to allow themselves to be misled because they didn't stay in close communion with the great bridegroom uh, were shut out of the eternal kingdom. And, you know, that happens in relationships. You know, people get engaged and uh, then one of the two... Uh, you know, unfortunately, allows himself to get caught up in the things of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, other people, and that they dissolve that uh, that intended or uh, bond that was going to be. Okay, it, why? Because th what does this illustrate? Every relationship requires the participation of both parties. Show me a relationship that doesn't have the heartfelt. Uh, worship the Father in spirit and in truth uh, element in it. And I'll show you a relationship that is either dissolved or it's going to be dissolved. Okay, it's on the rocks at best. Okay, God requires that we engage in a relationship with him. And if you don't understand that and you're not saying with Paul that I may know him, that I may know him, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And you have something to learn and you should learn it today, beloved. Philippians 3 verse 10, Jesus said again in John 17 that this is life eternal. He, as he spoke to the Father in prayer, this is the whole reason for eternal life that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast Sent Jesus Christ is eternal life. We've been given this understanding and this blessed uh, blessedness to know him by the Father. Notice 1 John in chapter 5, right at the end of 1 John 5, this is what the scripture says, and don't you just love it? And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him, that is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. See, there it is right there. Keep yourselves from idols. Don't let anything come between you and the Father and his son, Jesus Christ, who is eternal life. That's 1 John 5, 20 and 21. So beware at every level, I'm going to talk about a few today, okay? But the general principle, more than all the specifics, is what I want to, uh, I pray that God will imbue our spirits with so we are much more discerning after the knowledge of his word. Remember, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, Hosea 4, verse 6. So what the enemy is uh, using these self 
appointed so-called intercessors to do is to displace their prey from being one with Christ in his word, hearing his voice for themselves, and following him as he, their great shepherd, is leading them as he chooses because after all, the great shepherd is the creator of all that is, Jesus Christ, okay? And by reason of creation, he owns every soul, Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 4, okay? He's the great shepherd of the sheep. Nobody else died for the sheep. Nobody else created the sheep. And uh, the one that did, it's all in one person, Jesus Christ, is the only one who has a rightful place to lead his sheep. And But yet the, the thief, who is the devil, ultimately, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, we have another post on safeguardyoursoul.com, and uh, it's called, How Do We Know That uh, The Thief Is Satan? Something like that. You can look it up in the search box. In fact, I'll try to go ahead and link it below. But Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. No, to steal your relationship with God, to kill you, because if you don't have a vital union with God, you're abiding in death, spiritual death. You're dead. Dead to God means being separated from him. And when you die, if you die in that state, you're going to be separated from him forever. So he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. He's there to destroy your relationship with God. Uh, Jesus, and he has many adversaries, as Paul said, quote unquote, uh, there are many false prophets that have gone out among you. And Jesus said, they shall deceive many. Matthew 24, verse 11. In fact, 1 John 4, 1 says, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try or test the spirits, whether they are of God. Uh, for many false prophets are going out among you. 1 John chapter 4, and that's going to be verse 1. And notice that we are to test every spirit, try them, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going out in the world. Now, then he talks about the spirit of Antichrist, okay? Anti meaning in place of, not only against, but in place of. So Satan, the thief, okay, is trying to, he's trying to slip in somebody else, something else in between you and Jesus, okay? That's the spirit of Antichrist. Notice, uh, in place of anti means in place of Christ. So Satan is constantly trying to slip in, to sliver in, to wedge something between you and God because he knows that sin will separate you from God as it did throughout the history of Israel, beginning, by the way, before that in the Garden of Eden. Satan knew because he had been cast out of heaven for his own sin that if he could get the man and the woman to sin, uh-oh, then they're going to be separated from God. And that's his goal. That's his, uh, that is his work right there. Steal, kill, and destroy your relationship with Jesus. Okay? And so he got them to sin. He, he seduced them and uh, allured them through the lust of the flesh. I believe it uses that language. And it definitely in the New Testament might be Second Peter. So they allured through the lust of the flesh. So what he did was he cast doubt on the word of God to the man and woman, verse 1 of Genesis 3. Then he changed the word of God by adding a three-letter word. He said, you shall not, not, notice not, surely die. That is, if they sinned against God, he told them they wouldn't be separated from God. Well, God had already told them that they could eat of all the trees in the garden, but not that he forbid them to eat from the knowledge of the tree 
uh, of good and evil. Why did he do that? He was trying to protect them. But they allowed Satan to deceive them. They didn't test the spirit. How do you do that? You, you match it up with the word of God. Okay, like in this case that we're talking about, these fake intercessors. The Word of God never, not once, there are many gifts and callings mentioned in specific in the New Testament Scriptures for the New Testament body of Christ, beloved. But there's no such thing as an intercessor. So whenever somebody poses as an intercessor, when any uh, church you go to and to check out or whatever has an intercessory prayer group, red flags flying, baby. That doesn't line up with the word uh, because there is no such thing in the New Testament church. Did God somehow forget to tell us something he wanted us to know? Of course not. His word is complete and you'll do good to live by it and to never allow human reasoning to enter the picture. But let his word be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. And the only way that's going to happen is that you personally, yes, you study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And if you're not, if you're not going to do that, you will be deceived. It's guaranteed fact. Okay, fact. If you're not in the word every day, you're, you're already deceived. You're already backslidden. Okay, God isn't first class citizen in your life. He's a second class citizen. Now, that doesn't matter what excuse you give. You got time, you got energy, you got the wherewithal to get up and do any and every other thing under the sun, including check your emails, check your social media, get your, get eat, you know, eat your food. I'm not saying any of that's a sin in and of itself, but Jesus is not first in your life if he doesn't come first. Boom. Why deceive yourself? Why not repent and make it right and just, just declare this is how it's going to be when I get up before I breathe. I'm seeking Jesus. I'm praying i'm crying out to him i'm giving him thanks uh and the joy of the lord is going to fill your heart beloved and when the word when you read the word every morning you're going to say with jeremiah thy words were found and i did eat them and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart let me just say this you do not have joy the joy of the lord if you're not fueling your spirit and feasting on the word of God. You don't have the joy of the Lord and you're a miserable person. Doesn't matter how you try to make it look on the outside. You're miserable. Why am I telling you that? Because I'm just a mean dude? No, because I love you. And if I got to embarrass you and flip you upside down verbally to get you to realize you need to get in the word and the word is not going to get into you until you get into it. Okay. You can't sleep on the Bible like under your pillow or something. You got to study it. God wants you engaged. Come, let us reason together. He gave you every reasoning faculty and everything you are and have is from him. And he expects you to fill it full of his word to present your body daily, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is through the word going into your mind and letting it wash with the washing of water by the word, Ephesians 5.26. Hallelujah. So how do we know what is true and false? How do we test or try the spirits? How, how do we put them on trial? Well, we match them up with the word of God. First of all, there's no such thing as um, a, in, in the instance of the intercessor, Satan using them as tools, uh, the self-appointed witchcraft, they're witches, intercessors most of them are women 
Uh, the other ones are Ahabs. They're all of the devil, literally, because Satan has his ministers. Second Corinthians 11, 12 through 15, Satan has his ministers. Then they, they pose as angels of light, but they're angels of Satan. And they are uh, agents of Satan. So we put them to the test and we say, wait a minute. Is there such thing as the calling of an intercessor? No. Boom. Case closed. They're false. Boom. Boom. They add it to the word of God. Okay. And they are acting outside of the word of God. And that could only be for one reason. And that's because they're under the influence and control of Satan. And when I say these people are literally witches and warlocks operating in the body of Christ, pretending to be ministers of Christ while subverting the truth of Christ and seeking to deceive and pray, pray upon and mislead and steal from the people of God. I'm not kidding. I literally mean they are witches. It doesn't matter if they meet with a satanic coven. They're operating in witchcraft, which is a work of the flesh a soul damning work of the flesh, Galatians five nineteen through twenty one, and they are witches, and they're out to steal from you, to kill you, your life in Christ, and to destroy, steal, kill, destroy. Everything Satan does comes under that banner. John ten ten, steal, kill, and destroy. They flatter your flesh. Um, that's how they do it. That's how they manipulate you. They cause you or position you to become dependent on them and not God, not the Word of God. Therefore, we, we must stay upon the Lord. I believe it's Isaiah 64, 7. Also, we must seek the Lord in strength, seek his face continually. First Chronicles 16, 11. Okay, so they stay on their prey. They stay like any cult. They stay all over them with regular phone calls and sessions in order to manipulate and control them and to continue to instill in them that they hear from God. Not you. You can't, but they're special. They're special. They're not going to come out and say it in these words, friends. But that's what they're doing. And that's literally what they say by their own actions. You shall know them by their fruits. And that's not only just their words. It's what they're doing and how they're positioning themselves between you and Jesus. They're never going to tell you, get in the word. They're never going to tell you that. They're never going to tell you about knowing Jesus. And and when they do, and if they do, it's going to be just a trite little uh, cover up to keep themselves hidden, but they're not there to establish you in the faith, being rooted and grounded in the word of God. No, <laughs> they're there to put themselves up as God in your life. They hear from God, not you. That's the message they're conveying and it's intentional. Okay. Whether it's intentional in their mind or say it's definitely intentional in the mind of Satan. Okay. So, they, they use these tactics like cults. Cults have conditioning tactics where they stay all over situations, okay? And they want you drinking from their cup. They want you, you know, to be your mama. I don't want to use too descriptive language here, but you know what I mean. So God says this is witchcraft, okay? Controlling, undue control over another person is witchcraft, so they wield this witchcraft by, again, like I said earlier, they always have a word, a vision, a dream. Oh, I had a dream for you and call me back later. And, you know, God's putting a word on my heart for you. All of this stuff. Absolute witchcraft, folks. 
Absolute witchcraft. Let's, uh, God will give you his word. Listen, the primary way God's going to lead his New Testament church and his New Testament saints of who Jesus alone is their shepherd. It's through the, new, the scripture, the holy scripture. Okay, Paul, this is what a true man of God does, a true person of God. Notice what Paul is doing here in 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17. And in just a minute, we're going to finish in the book of John, chapter 10, what Jesus is telling us and warning us about the, the thief, okay, and, and how to overcome him. But notice here, Paul is saying, first of all, he told Timothy to go study the word, right? Yeah, 2 Timothy two fifteen. 15. Uh, that's what every man of God is doing. They're getting people into the word, okay? If you got, if you go to a church and you act like you got this great pastor and he's not getting you in the word and let me just go ahead and say this. Cause I don't care who gets mad. Okay. I could care less. In fact, if somebody's not getting mad at me, I need to get, get right with God because <laughs> you got lots of devils in this world. It's a very dark fallen world. And if you're not lighting these animals up with the word and the light of truth, you ain't doing something right. You better get back in that prayer closet, beloved and repent afresh, okay? And if I'm that, that person, then I need to get back to ground zero with Jesus, okay? So if somebody's not getting you into the word, that's a false teacher. Boom. He wants you dependent on him. Here it is again. He's come to displace Christ. He wants you, you know, the Catholic Church is a great example, but it's a very obvious example. It's less obvious. It's more subtle and insidious in some of these Protestant or so-called, you know, non-denominational churches. But the Catholic Church, you know, they don't have the Bible. Nobody brings the Bible to church. Why? They don't want you in the Bible. Okay? That'll expose them. They want you dependent and beholden to them. These people are idols. They're false. Well, anybody that doesn't know the Catholic Church is an absolute antichrist cult is, is not saved. Period. Okay, so... Here's the thing. I want to go further. I want to say you need to get in the King James Bible. Stop with all the garbage, the little fairy tale Bibles that you understand. Easier. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. The Holy Spirit can't teach you through his word because those other Bibles are not his word. They've been corrupted by Satan. You don't believe me. Look up the category Bible version issue on safeguardyoursoul.com. And let me just suffice it to say they removed the blood of Jesus from Colossians 1.14. And anyone with a slight bit, bit of the fear of the Lord that sees that for themselves goes and sees it in the Greek. And in, in where, where the Greek, it came directly into the King James. It's not in italics. And I looked it up in the Greek uh, Bible, by the way. It's there. Uh, and many words, many of these words, the blood is there. It's in the original manuscripts and it's a lie uh, it's the devil behind stealing killing and destroying and taking away the word mark four fifteen. satan cometh to take away the word so when you see in your little fake bible that you're defending i don't mean to be rude but a little embarrassment can go a long way to help you sometimes okay uh when you see that it, the blood of jesus is removed from colossians 1 14 Okay, you got a decision to make. Why not just get the real Bible, the King James Bible? That's not our main subject today. But they remove the blood? Are you serious? You can't be saved outside of the blood. Without the blood of Jesus, there is no remission of sins. Hebrews 9.22. Okay, so there's a hoof print. That's Satan's hoof print. Boom. Again, throughout history and on every level today, Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. 
He's been doing this for 6,000 years, saints, since the Garden of Eden. 6,000, okay? And so we must be prepared. This is None of this is to scare you, but it is to prepare you. And that's what the work of God. And that's why you got to stay upon the Lord. You got to stay in the word of God. You can't take a vacation on God. You got to get in the word and stay in the word. And you're going to start going, man, this is what's up right here, brother. I am tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Amen. And stop with the church crap. I'm a member of this church and I go to church on Sunday. Get rid of it and just get in the word every day and stay in the word and walk with Jesus. You don't need that church. You need Jesus. Now, they're selling you on this idea that you need them and browbeating you when you chose not to go to their little service. Why do they call it a service? Anyway, probably some insidious reason. Okay, that uh, is a, another thing that can become a placebo that can displace you from Christ. And this may be the biggest one uh, device Satan uses right here, dude, where you become dependent on this church. How many church members do you know? Just to illustrate the fruit of being a good church member right here. Okay. And you hear, you'll hear me say this once in a while. Let's stop and get sober for a minute. Think about this, how sobering this is that you and I, put together, okay, uh, don't know five or ten good church members who are also fervent, daily, obedient, worship-filled disciples of Jesus. What does that tell you concerning the fruit, what it's producing, that is, the local churches? What does that tell you, folks? What does that tell you? They just do their little humdrum drudgery. Yeah, we're going to church. Okay. Oh, the pastor had a good message. Okay. Did he really? Did he preach on the fear of the Lord? Did he preach on the return of Christ and the requirement to be holy as he's holy in readiness for the return of Christ? Did he preach on hell? Did he preach on judgment to come? Okay. These are all cardinal doctrines. Did he preach on repentance? Did he preach on truly knowing and studying the word of God? And knowing Jesus, did he preach on the daily cross, the crucified life Jesus requires in order to follow him? I can tell you in 99% of the churches, little or none of those cardinal doctrines, that's just right off the top of my head, are, are going to be found. What does that tell you? They're false. They're false. Look up the category if you want more on that subject called modern church. Okay. Safeguardyoursoul.com, modern-church, or just use the drop down menu the category drop down menu so the primary way that god is going to lead his church is through the scriptures through the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our feet which is the written word of god so when people said i have a word for you i'm not impressed with their word <laughs> I, I got the word baby i don't need your word okay and then when you give me a word, then you make me work harder because now I got to go uh, discern whether or not it's of the word because I don't care that you have a word. I'm not impressed. And neither is any true disciple because we got the word. And Paul tells Timothy chapter three, verse 15 through 17, second Timothy. And that now he already told him, you study, you get in the word and you study yourself. A workman, it takes work and it's the most rewarding work you're ever going to have on the earth. Okay, I don't know about you, but I've had miserable days in my life. We all have. Okay, I, I ended that decades ago. I'm done. I'm done. I'm feeling. I'm drinking the healing oil. 
the rejoicing oil of God's word every day. I ain't leaving the house. Don't want to. I'm getting up and drinking the healing oil. Then guess what? I don't have bad days. Do you? You don't have to. Because he that is of a merry heart, that is a heart full of the word of God. He that is of a merry heart has a continual feast. What? Yes, a continual feast. The joy of the Lord is your strength no matter what you're going through. And the joy of Jesus is fueled by the words of Jesus in the word of God every day. Job said, thy words were found. No, that's, I'm sorry, that's Jeremiah 15, 16. Job said, 23, 12, that he esteemed the words of the mouth of God more than his necessary food. He put the word before his physical food, the spiritual food before his physical food. That's what a true disciple does. He lives for the eternal, not the temporal. And yes, Jeremiah said, I, thy words were found. See, he found, he picked up the Bible <laughs> and I did eat them. He devoured the words of God and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. That's how you have the joy of the Lord right there. You got to fuel it. If you got, if you, you're in a log cabin that you own and your family and, or you're on vacation and it's the dead of winter, gentlemen, you and I got to get up every few hours and put some logs on the fire, right? Okay, that's how it works to keep that house warm. You want to keep a warm, joyful heart? You got to keep every day, like clockwork, militantly put the logs of God's word on the fire of your spirit. Fill it full of the word of God. Second Timothy. And again, this is this is what they're not going to teach you. They're not going to root and grow. There's nobody doing ministry for Jesus that ain't getting you to drink from the fount of heaven right for yourself. You Okay, get under that fount where the glory comes out. And the only way that's going to happen is that you get in the word and stop being dependent on men. Even this ministry, we're just men, fools. Okay, fools for Christ. You, you get dependent on Jesus. Yes, it's good to be under good preaching, preach the word. Okay, that's biblical. But you got to look at what's being preached and what's not being preached. The only way you're going to do that is to know the word of God yourself. And we've already found out several things. And one of them in this message is that there's no such thing as an intercessor, a special calling for an intercessor in the word. Therefore, boom, case closed. It's false. That's a deceiver. They have something lurking. They're on a mission from Satan. Otherwise, they wouldn't be pretending to be something God never sanctioned or called into being an intercessor. Okay, so... Second Timothy three fifteen through seventeen. Paul then tells after he told Timothy, okay, this is how you, this is how you know who's true and who's false. Paul's telling Timothy to get in the Word, chapter two, verse fifteen. Second Timothy. Now chapter three, he tells him this, beginning in verse fifteen, and that from a child he tells Timothy, thou hast known the holy scripture. Let me ask you something: Are your children in the Word? Are you getting them in the Word? Are you feeding them Scripture every? day if not you need to get saved repent now and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise see that's where the wisdom of god is wise notice wisdom the root word word for wisdom is in the holy scriptures uh, uh, the will of god is the wisdom of god and the wisdom of god is the will of god and the word of god okay the word of god is the wisdom of god and he's saying that right here. 
the words of Holy Scripture are able to make thee wise unto salvation, not only initial, but all the way to the end. Notice the import here, unto salvation, through faith. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Your faith is in Christ, who is the Word, and He's revealed in the written Word from Genesis to Revelation. Amen. All Scripture, then he says, okay, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, the Bible only tells us, God only said that his word is inspired. He didn't say uh, anybody else was inspired. They're all subjective. They must be weighed in the balance against the word of God, just like the Bereans did when Paul came around preaching. And Paul, we know, was a man of God, but they didn't take him for his reputation uh, or that, uh, you know, of anything in the flesh. They said, no, we're going to search the scriptures daily. And they did that. They received the word. They weren't reluctant, but they received his preaching, as we should do when we hear men. And while you're hearing me preach, you better be weighing it all into balance and making sure it's true. Okay? Just like they did to Paul. Uh, they received the word with all readiness of mind. They weren't stiff neck or anything. They were teachable and hungry for more truth and search the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. See, that's what true disciples do. They're in the word every day. It's not a, God isn't a hobby to them. He's everything to them. Amen. So they're in his word, uh, being blessed to unearth the gold and platinum nuggets of his uh, mind field called the Holy Scriptures. Okay, so uh, they, they, they search the Scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Okay, so they tried the Spirit here. They tested it against the Word of God. That's how you test the Spirit. Primarily is by the Word of God. Somebody says, well, I have the gift of the discerning of spirits. Well, good. That is a gift of the spirits. One of the nine in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through, 12, through 10. But uh, that doesn't negate what the scripture teaches and the primary importance of the written word of God, because you can be deceived and so can I. But the word of God is never going to change. And it's always there as the holy, perfect standard for you to test your own life by and the lives of others. In fact, it all starts at home. Okay, the sins that should concern me the most are my own not yours. And when God has me cleansed and walking in purity of heart in a place of holiness or being set apart to him, uh, then I will be seeing clearly and able to rightly discern. That's why I said to get the logs out of your eyes so that you're able to help others. Uh, Matthew 7, 1 through 5. So he says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. There it is. The word of God came as holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Second Peter 1, 19 through 21. So we have the scriptures there by inspiration of God. Okay. When I speak, it's subjective, folks. I'm a man. I am not speaking uh, as on the same level as scripture. And if I'm not speaking the scripture and that which is according to the scripture, then you know I am false. Isaiah 8, 20, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. That's Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20. Right before that, in verse 16, he says, bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples. Seal it, get it in them. 
Okay, so all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Where do we get our doctrine? From the scriptures. Four things. For doctrine, the scriptures, which were given by God, uh, are profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. There it is. There's the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. Uh, instruction in righteousness. The only way to be instructed in righteousness is through the Holy Scriptures. It is the final divine authority, and everything else comes under the scrutiny of it. And anything that violates it is false, and to be pointed out, and so are those who are perpetrating the heresy. Okay, like these so-called intercessors. We're just using that as one of the several examples we've used about how Satan comes to steal to kill and destroy. Then he says that the man of God may be perfect or equipped, fully equipped and mature, throughly, that is through and through, furnished unto all good works. You've got to be furnished full of the word of God so that you can be furnished unto all good works. That's the way God trains men through long seasons of learning, suffering, obeying the word of God, uh, dealing with your own Judas's, uh, that's part of it. Your own Alexander the coppersmiths, uh, all of these sufferings in Paul's resumes, for example, in Second Corinthians. He's got like two or three resumes in there of all the things he suffered. He warns us about laying hands uh, suddenly on any man. What is he talking about? Don't partake of other men's sins. Don't be involved in ordaining anyone to ministry that is not truly seasoned and established in the faith. Okay? They're not mature enough, and that's what these intercessors will do. They'll flatter you to no end. Man, you're special. God has called you. God's got a great work for you to do. That we, Hey, dude, I, I'm imagining that probably half the people, at least, that are listening to this message have heard the same stuff, and you're relating to it because, you know, it's one thing to be a spirit-filled Christian. It's another thing to be caught up in these so-called spirit-filled churches, which do not learn up, line up with the Word of God, and therefore we know it's not spirit-filled from heaven. It's a spirit of witchcraft, okay? So beware. Beware of these intercessors. <laughs> intercessors. Yeah, I'm an intercessor. You are. You need to get saved. <laughs> you know, intercessor is a, you know, I don't need you. I need simple disciples around me, which I and blessed to have and many you are that are just there and they're real they're not acting all hyper and uh, trying to cloak everything with all their 17 hallelujahs every 30 seconds and you know all of this hype you, you know it's a big red flag they're just real people okay walking with jesus every day they're not perfect just like me they're not definitely not perfect they're walking in the spirit they're fighting the good fight of faith which is key Okay, no matter where you are, just make sure you're fighting the good fight of faith. God's going to bring you out. But you got to fight. 1 Timothy 6.12, fight. Okay, somebody said, I can't overcome this sin. Yes, you can. Fight the good fight of faith. Obey Jesus. Uh, go on a fast. Let me say it again. Go on a fast. How many people are preaching that these days? That's another doctrine that's missing. That is the cross. You're saying, Lord, you must increase and I must decrease. And it's more than a prayer, Lord. I'm going to have the corresponding action to make my flesh to be starved so it dies so that you increase and I decrease. John 3.30. Okay. 
We've got lots about fasting and prayer. That's a category on safeguardyoursoul.com. Let me finish by saying this before we go to John 10 for a moment. There's no such thing in Christ's New Testament church as a special intercessor or calling, nor are there intercessory prayer groups never seen in the Bible. Now, Paul's life, John the Apostle, Peter, wasn't run by this group of women that they depended on their prayers, bunch of witchcraft, and any of these pastors that have allowed and facilitated it, that in their church are warlocks, period. Doesn't matter what else, how wonderful you think they are, the absolute warlocks, and I would ask you to tell them I said it. And if they're man enough, which they won't be, to come to me and let us talk about it. They're not going to do that because then they would be exposed for real. See, it's a Jezebel recipe for wicked women to manipulate the pastor and the direction of that church. That's what's going on right there. And that can happen in the home too. This can only function, it can only happen where there's an Ahab, okay, a weak, spineless, moral coward, pastor who allows it revelation 2 20 through 24 now let's transition john 10 verse 1 verily verily i say unto you jesus says okay this is jesus's teaching uh of how he is the good shepherd and he says truly true there verily verily i say unto you he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold but climbeth up some other way the same as a thief and a robber Okay, so that has many levels of understanding. Okay, uh, and it's closely linked to the previous verses in chapter 9. Okay, a sheepfold, first of all, was an enclosure in which sheep were sheltered at night. They were protected. Uh, It was an area surrounded by a fence and having one opening, which was used, okay, as a door. Here the sheepfold refers to primarily the Jewish nation, but it also has spiritual meaning for us. Many came to the Jewish people professing to be their spiritual leaders and guides. They were self-appointed, though, messiahs for, for the nation of Israel. But they did not come by the way the Old Testament predicted the messiah would come. See, the word, the word, it's all got to be weighed in the balance against the written word. See, when, when Jesus faced Satan and Satan tempted him, Jesus said what? It is written. Final divine authority is in the written word of God. So these false messiahs throughout Israel's history came up some other way. They presented themselves to Israel in a manner of their own choosing. These men were not true shepherds. They were thieves and robbers, just like we see today in the many false prophets, some ways that we're talking about in this message that they're using to try to trick people into looking to them instead of Jesus. That's what a true disciple does. He helps you look. She helps you uh, if she's training younger women. Uh, She's helping you. He's helping you to see Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us. Paul said, Uh, We preach Christ, but not ourselves. We do preach Christ, but we don't preach ourselves. Second Corinthians four, five thieves. These deceivers are those who take what does not belong to them. Okay. They try to usurp the place of God. Okay. How many mediators are there? One. How many gods? One. I am God and there is none else. Isaiah over and over. 
There's none beside me. Uh, nobody's on his level. Even though Satan tried to lift himself on the level of God, and he got kicked out of heaven forever, irrevocably. Okay, that's what these people are doing. The false teachers of our day, they're fueled by their father, the devil, the ultimate liar, John, and murderer, John 8, 44. And they're trying to usurp the place that belongs only to God in your life. Jesus said, I am the way. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Okay, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of power in glory. Okay, and uh, he ever liveth to make intercession for those he died to save. He ever liveth to provide that which he died to purchase. And first and foremost in that purchase was his personal relationship with you. Okay, so beware of these false teachers. Verse 2, John 10. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus came by way of the word of God as it had foretold. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. He came in the volume of the book it was written. Jesus fulfilled prophecy perfectly. Okay, and anybody else trying to usurp his position as the mediator, the intercessor of your life is from the enemy and it's come to steal, kill, and destroy from you. Okay, and the reason why they're targeting you is because God saved you, and God is going to protect you as you hear his voice and follow him. John 10, we're in John 10. We're going to finish here, verse 27 through 29. Jesus said, if you hear his voice presently, he's talking present tense, and you follow him, you, you can't be plucked out of his hand. It's a guarantee. Now, some of these deceivers, okay, we're talking about a lot of deceivers at, at many levels today. They're going to tell you verse 28 and 29, okay, but they're not going to give you the condition Jesus gave, okay? They're going to go into 28 and 29, and they're going to use Jesus's words, but they're out of context. They're going to say, look, dude, no man can pluck you out of Jesus's hand. Well, who's he talking to and giving the promise to? Those, he's given a condition to, those it's conditional. His promises are conditional, not unconditional. Those who hear my voice and follow me, they're not going to be plucked out of my, my hands. <laughs> no man can pluck those that abide in me out of my hand. That's what he's talking about in John 15, 1 through 6. And he says, if you don't abide, you don't remain in him, you're going to be cast into the fire, John 15, 6. Okay, so John 10, 3. Here we are, the, talking about the good shepherd Jesus as opposed to the enemy, the thief. So it says to the porter, to him, the porter openeth of the doorkeeper and the sheep hear his voice and he calleth his sheep by name uh, and leadeth them out. Notice Jesus calls his own sheep by name. He knows us individually and he allows us to hear his voice and the voice of no other will we follow. Okay. Uh, the doorkeeper <clears throat> in this verse says uh, speculation or there's disagreement on the porter. King James says the porter, the doorkeeper. Uh, some believe that the doorkeeper uh, are the Old Testament prophets who foretold the coming of Christ. Notice the scripture actually says, to him the porter, the doorkeeper, openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. Others believe that uh, it was John the Baptist, and still other people uh, are is sure, are very sure that it's the Holy Spirit. My conclusion or observation would be, why can't it be all three? Amen. Uh, and he leads them out. And that refers to the fact that the Lord Jesus led those who heard his voice out of the sheepfold of Israel. 
and he's leading many out of his out of the modern church today come out of her my people lest you receive of her plagues it is spiritual babylon revelation 18 come out from among them be ye separate okay you don't need a church you need jesus and you need fellowship with other believers and that's not god when he says forsake not the assembling of yourselves together that is not saying make sure you're in church on sunday morning no sorry guys we live in the final days where evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse many false prophets are going out among you they they man almost every pulpit in the land you must be dependent on the lord you have the bible you have the holy spirit and you have the body of christ and by the way why why did we uh why do people award themselves and get all proud of themselves because they quote go to church on sunday morning the early church met house to house daily they couldn't get enough of jesus and they remained uh it was a simple get together that pertained to the elements of uh the apostles doctrine that's the word of god uh prayers fellowship and breaking of bread. Those four things, Acts 2.42. Fellowship's very simple, guys. We have made a business out of church, and it's become a bureaucracy, and uh, these dogs are getting fat. You hear me? These dogs are getting fat. These pastors, these false pastors, many of them, are, uh, they should be well taken care of. Everybody who labors in the word and doctrine is to be thought worthy of double honor. First Timothy chapter five or 17 and 18 we are not to muzzle the mouth of an ox but these guys some of these guys become millionaires man a lot of them and uh double honor is double the average income of that time and place see how wise god was and how he put that in the word to where it fit every generation every economy double honor in america would be eighty thousand dollars okay why because God didn't want men who labor in the word and in doctrine distracted or worried about anything but the word and ministering his word. Okay. Uh, now, that's just something that uh, we've got to be aware of, though. I mean, you got guys out there that live in gated communities and multi-million dollar homes. You got guys that own multi-million dollar airplanes. I mean, these are extreme examples. And then they're getting everybody to give them 80 million more dollars to get another plane because they got to have a whole collection of planes, of course, to follow Jesus, right? <laughs> anyway, and you got, sorry, you got idiots out there that are still giving to these guys. It, delusional, man. Sorry. Uh, all right. So uh, verse three, to him, the porter openeth the doorkeeper and the sheep hear his voice. See, he's the legitimate good shepherd. He's welcomed in by the Holy Spirit. He fits what the prophets foretold. Amen. And John the Baptist was the forerunner to his name is Jesus. Verse four. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Notice, shepherd and sheep, okay? And a stranger will they not follow. Now he's introducing the equation where a stranger, somebody other than the great shepherd of the sheep, is trying to get them to follow them instead of the shepherd, but will flee from him. See, those who stay in Christ are going to flee from false shepherds. They're going to flee from these intercessors, these NAR uh you know, satanic witchcraft cults with warlocks and witches, 
word of faith movement and every other strange, aberrant, false theology and movement in the earth today. And that would include, let me introduce another one, which we write extensively on in the books and in, uh, on the website, the Nicolaitans. Don't be mistaken. They're still around, man. Satan has no new tricks, right? First Corinthians 10, uh, 13. He, he tempts us with that, which is common to man. Same temptations in the garden of Eden. You see today. Okay. Historically, if you see something that happened a few hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, it's still here today. Don't be tricked into thinking it's going away because Satan does use the same tricks. First Corinthians ten thirteen tells us that such as is common to man. Okay. Throughout all the ages of the new Testament. And so one of them is the Nicolaitanes. That's two words compounded together. Nico means to conquer. Laetanes means the laity or the people. And the way he does that is through deception. That's what all of this is about. Like the, the intercessors will conquer you, but they got to prey on you and seduce you and deceive you to, to leave Jesus and come up unto them. Okay, And they're not going to tell you in those terms because then you'd never go. But they're going to seduce you. Nico Laetines to, to control the people. Nico Laetines. Okay, to rule over them in an unwarranted fashion because they aren't the great shepherd. They didn't create the sheep and they didn't die for the sheep like the great shepherd of the sheep did, Jesus. So Nico Laetines means to conquer the laity or the people. Laity means the people. Conquer the laity. And let me throw this in there. I believe it's second. Peter 2.19, of whom, this is a key nugget here, listen up close, to whom a man is overcome is, of the same as he brought into bondage. You're going to have to memorize that one. And it, that's when something starts unfolding to you uh, and in you out of the word is when you memorize it. While they promise them liberty, it says he's speaking specifically in the whole chapter about false teachers and false prophets verbatim, starting in verse one in verse 19. This is what this whole chapter is about. While they, the false teachers promise them Liberty. They give you all these promises. They themselves are the servants of corruption. They're, they're using their position to deceive and manipulate and seduce you away from Jesus while giving you all these promises flattering you okay they're flattering you remember we in fact the verse before it says uh, for when they speak great swelling words of vanity they allure they lure you in through the lust of the flesh <laughs> isn't that interesting and how do they do that man you're called you're special i got a word for you you're flattering you to no end okay they're not telling you, dude, God's called you to lay down your life and follow Jesus, to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow Jesus. That's two different messages, folks. They're giving you another gospel. They're not giving you the original gospel, which is you, friend, me, must die. You must lay down your life. You must be crucified with Christ. That's the message of the gospel. And anybody that's approaching you, deceiving you, uh, speaking into your life, like some pastor or individual intercessor, anybody 
is not telling you God requires it, if you're going to follow him to lay down your life, to be crucified with Christ, to deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow him, not them, him. They're not going to tell you this. Boom, they're false. Where did the cross go in the modern church? Where? Is it in your heart and mouth, friend? We've got a category called Daily Cross on SafeGuardYourSoul.com. We've got a camp on this message, folks, and we've got to get it in us because it's at the center of the gospel. And you're not following Jesus unless you're learning the cross to be crucified with Christ so that he's raised up in your life. It's the gospel in your daily life, death, burial, and resurrection. You die and you're buried and he raises you up in short order. That's what it is. We've got three books on this uh subject to help you learn scripture on it and it's i die daily one of them the other one is raised up and the other one is 31 cross prayers by the way jason who's our head uh tech for our site now he's amazing what an amazing brother electrical engineer by profession credible e-commerce guy love this guy okay my close friend too by the way he's become uh he's got these books packaged and one of the packages is the three-pack of the cross, the cross three-pack, the cross trio, whatever it's called. And you can get it for like 20% discount. We're not making money on the books, in case you're wondering. Trust me, our ministry has never suffered the problem of being oversupplied. <laughs> we will take your prayers, though, guys. We will take your prayers. Okay, so uh, while they promised them liberty, 2 Peter 2, 19, we're coming to a close. They themselves are the servants of corruption. See, they're, they're corrupt. They're corrupted. They're seducing you and deceiving you and alluring you away from the great shepherd of sheep. That alone tells you they're corrupted for of whom a man is overcome of the same as he brought in bondage. What is he talking about here? He's talking about when you allow somebody to overcome you, that is, come over you, think about it, to position themselves over you. Remember, there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's Jesus. And anybody who comes in between you and Jesus is under the curse of the Lord, I might add. Okay, that's a thief and a robber that's come to usurp the place that belongs only to Jesus in your life, for of whom a man is overcome. If you allow somebody by not defending the faith and defending yourself and staying where it's just you and Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep who died alone, who died on the cross for you to buy you to himself. You're going to be in trouble, okay? For of whom a man is overcome, somebody comes over you in between you and Jesus. This, of the same is he brought in bondage. Notice they're promising you liberty, the first part of the verse says. <laughs> but they're actually bringing you in, in bondage <laughs> by lying to you. And, and by seducing you, I've got a word for you. You're special. All this flattery and deception. Okay, these people are devils. Beware. Okay, so a stranger they will not follow. John 10, 5. But will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strength. See, they know the voice of Jesus, the true disciples. The parable, this parable, spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake to them. Uh, then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Jesus, amen. I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, the false prophets. But the sheep did not hear them. 
I am the door, not a door, but the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. It's only through Jesus that you can be saved. He's the door into his sheepfold. He's the door into the family of God and the, the eternal glory with God. Verse 10, the thief, as opposed to Jesus, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Uh, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Okay, but he that is an hireling and not the shepherd. See, a lot of pastors are nothing but hirelings whose own the sheep are not. You are not anybody's sheep but Jesus's, the creator and the redeemer, the only creator and the only redeemer, <laughs> the most high. Nobody else is on his level, not even near it, okay? But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose, whose own the sheep are not, okay? You're not beholden to any man, mere man. Seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. So these false shepherds do not protect Jesus' flock. Okay? They do not. If they were, they'd be giving you the pure word of God and telling you to get in the word and to you to know God and to you to follow the great shepherd of the sheep. I almost never hear that kind of language. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, you know, maybe I'm missing something. I know there's a few good pastors out there, but most of the ones that man, I use that word lightly, these pulpits in these buildings we call churches are false teachers. They're hirelings. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling. See, they make themselves rich off of the people. They don't make the people rich in Christ. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. See, Jesus gives his life for the sheep. That's what a true under-shepherd will do. He's preferring Jesus and you above himself. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice. And <clears throat> there shall be one fold and one shepherd. He's talking about those who were to come in the New Testament era. Okay. Therefore does my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Okay, so Jesus said that he wants to give us life more abundantly. And also to beware that the thief, okay, the devil and all of his underlings, his human agents and evil spirits are going to come to steal, to kill and destroy. But if we follow Jesus, beloved, on his stated terms, that's Genesis to Revelation, uh, we're going to be kept by him. See, because we are ardently, we're fervently, diligently abiding, uh, enjoying a intimate union, a vital union with him, oneness with the Father and the Son. And he's going to keep us because we are hearing his voice and following him. Is that you, friend? If not, it can be today as you turn to the Lord and you ask him to forgive you and you fall upon your face afresh and cry out to Jesus and say, Lord, take over my life afresh today. I've gone my own way. I have rebelled, Lord. I'm guilty. 
and I ask you uh, to wash me afresh. I return to you, Lord. I bring words of confession of my rebellion and ask you, Lord, to do a new work in my life, to fill me with your spirit, to anoint me to be crucified with Christ and therefore raised up by Christ, who is the resurrection and the life. God bless you, friends. Glad we had these moments together. And I pray that God would bless each of us uh, to depart from all iniquity, all who name his name, and also to be made one with him and the Father, the Lord Jesus, and with his body, and to increase his discernment, and to open the eyes of our understanding in the spirit uh, and in the word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, Saints. Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. Uh, And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing uh, happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcast on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with uh, uh, several, many books on there for your uh, edification in Christ. They're all scripture rich and Christ centered. Also tens of thousands uh, of saints and sinners are being reached every month. And uh, your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit uh, our donate page on the site. And uh, uh, you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach uh, is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and uh, all over the world. And uh, may God be praised that uh, there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together, In the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.